WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Friday, December 8th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L, Dawn Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Phil Almquist, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. Loaded show today, all sorts of big topic issues to get into. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Gregory. Has the UPenn president been fired yet or resigned? No, but there's box trucks circling the campus. <laughs> get your box truck. Throw oh up God. Liz McGill's face. Oh, my like, Lord. Like uh, two guys in a moving truck, three yep. brothers, yep. movers, you know. Yep. Box trucks, minivans, school <laughs> buses. Wow. They ought, to put her, like, they ought to plaster her face on the back of SEPTA and just drive it all throughout <laughs> the city. Stop. Down go the dum-dums. Down go the dum-dums. That'll be the uh, theme of the big take this morning. We also have to get into the fourth GOP debate. The ratings are in. Not good. Surprise, surprise. We'll tell you about those in a little bit. And a squad member gets censured. How about that? Yeah, you mess around with certain things. You pull things you shouldn't. And you get censured. I'm actually actually shocked by that. I mean... not that I didn't think it was going to happen, or right. it should happen, but I didn't yeah. think it was going to happen. I'm sure he'll be cl- uh, crying and claiming racism by the end of the day. Well, I have a... What the squad does. I have a uh, a clip from AOC where she basically says it. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, if that's not bad enough, now the Democrats, they want to lower the age to vote to 16 and also allow you to, inv- uh, to vote while you're an incarcerated felon. 16? Yeah, well, let's just make it 12. What the hell? Can Why we not? just uh, can we just uh, raise it to thirty five? You want to go up a little bit, and they want to go down a little bit. I want to go up about twenty years. twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the conclusive study that confirms once and for all that masking your kids in schools made zero difference. Shocking. We'll get to that <laughs> as we continue. And by the way, the American dream—I've got the price now that it's going to cost you from the moment you get married. From the moment you have kids until you send them and put them off to college and get them out of college. I've got the exact figure it will take to achieve the American dream. Is it attainable? Many say not anymore. But we'll get to that later this morning. We've got news and we've got lots of it. Round number one, the great Don Stensland. And good morning. Yes, President Liz McGill is the talk of the town and the talk of the nation. This is making national news and we are front and center. We are sponsored on this chilly December 8th morning, first full day of Hanukkah. 
by ECI Comfort. That is our sponsor this morning in Kale & Company News Live. I know it's Nick Kale's big take, so I will simply say University of Pennsylvania's Board of Trustees held that emergency meeting yesterday and the powerful Wharton Board of Advisors that leads the university's prominent business school calling for a leadership change at the university and uh, this after Governor Shapiro, many others piling on. So we're watching this very carefully. Leadership change. <laughs> we can't use the word firing. Let's call it a, le- uh, a reallocation of our assets. Okay. Since former President Donald Trump went to Wart- the Wharton School, could, could we just have a drop with him going, you fired? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> you know? somebody in the media, the next time he comes out of court in New York, should ask him about it as as an alum, as somebody that went there, and obviously somebody that probably does not agree with all of these anti-Semitic remarks. I mean, he should absolutely put a soundbite out there. He he probably would say something like, well, she, I know you're going to have, you could ask Sh- uh, Sean about this. It's when Sean coming on, by the way? Uh, that'll be next week. Oh. Yeah. Because he probably would say uh, it's all about her deal. Right. The, you think the art gonna... of her deal. She's negotiating. Yeah. Right now, I'm sure she doesn't want to resign. No. Because she's not going to get the deal. That's right. I wonder if Trump would come up with a nickname for Liz McGill. <laughs> I'm sure he has one in the chamber. <laughs> uh, we have former labor leader Johnny Dock, John Doherty, as well as his co-defendant, convicted yesterday. We've been on jury watch, verdict watch, and we've been covering this embezzlement trial very carefully obviously and every single day he is uh, convict you know convicted by the jury found guilty of using more than $650,000 in union funds for personal use Doherty is 63 led the local 98 of the IBEW International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers for nearly 3 decades a larger than life figure in Philadelphia we all know him and uh, he he's somebody who's quite famous in the city and as well somebody as a labor leader who also funded and donated to a whole lot of political campaigns, mm-hmm. in, including supporting Mayor Jim Kenney, for example. Yep. So it's the second conviction federal prosecutors have now secured against the long, powerful figure and a political figure, as I say, here in Philadelphia so ultimately, prosecutors say he and his co-defendant, Brian Burroughs, Local 98's former president, used that money for items including home renovations, concerts, groceries, even a cookie tray for the christening of a relative's baby. So the U.S. Attorney, uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Frank Costello saying, hey, not only were they stealing from their own members of IBW, the, the, unions, the Union Brotherhood had no way of knowing it. Doherty said he disagreed with the verdict as he left the court. Didn't say much more than that, but he faces federal time behind bars. So uh, they were saying it was a complicated case. That was essentially what they were talking about. So I know that we'll talk about more uh, more of that this morning. He still faces sentencing. But you think about... Uh, I was just going to ask you, did they give the sentencing guidelines as far as to years that he could face up to? The numbers that I saw, uh, uh, I, I saw up to 17 years in prison. There were others for... Um, the other guidelines that I saw were... Mm-hmm were 22 years funny you say 17 that's the same that's the same number hunter biden could be facing in california yeah and you know the thing about and by the way uh doherty and burroughs sentencing set uh scheduled for next march by the way but yeah to your point cookie trays buying a lot of things for others and then you think of you know writing off drugs escorts girlfriends that's the accusation as hunter biden 
you know, President's son indicted on those nine tax charges out of California. Second federal case for Hunter Biden following the collapse of that plea deal back in July right here locally. That was a Delaware court. He was indicted earlier this year on gun charges. Uh, there's a lot of other news of the day. I want to get to our sponsor quickly, the forecast. I will tell you, though, we have to we will talk today, obviously, about this big ruling that athletes, especially star athletes at the college level, 30 grand. They can make money. They'll be paid. Big wow. decision. I like it. I like it. Capitalism. I'm just thinking thirty grand. Some of these coaches make a million. Yeah, well, they're the star well, player. They'll get thirty grand from the schools, and then they'll still probably make money on their NIL deals with name, image, and likeness. So they're gonna they're gonna make a nice little penny. So I think it's about time. Me agreed. Yeah. We are sponsored for by ECI Comfort. Is the cold weather getting you down? Stay warm with ECI Comfort, your go-to HVAC experts. Upgrade to the reliability of train heating systems, and that'll keep you cozy when it matters most. Call ECI Comfort for your comfort needs or online, ecicomfort.com. Real quick, the Friday forecast. Today, 52 degrees. We'll see sunny skies, very mild. Tomorrow, 53 degrees. It's going to feel like such a beautiful, mild day. The sun will be out, partly cloudy. Sunday morning, we start out dry, but the rain moves in. 64 degrees for your Sunday. So warm, but that Alberta clipper that we've been talking about will bring rain and up to 50 mile-an-hour winds. So a stormy, blustery night Coming, moving in Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Watching that carefully, Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don. Thank you very much. I tell you what, if we do have fifty mile an hour winds and the power goes out, let's just hope that it goes out and it's restored by four twenty four p.m. Because at four twenty five, the Eagles play the Cowboys, and I don't want to have to track the game on my phone because the power's out. All right, so uh, six ten Friday morning. Let's wrap up the week with one last big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, the big take this morning, the downfall of the smart ones. You know, the cost of tuition at Harvard University is $55,587 a year. At the University of Pennsylvania, tuition will run you $61,710 per year. And to get into either Ivy League institution, you usually need a minimum of a fourteen eighty on your SAT to gain admission. I give you these figures because I wanted to lay out for you the steep price tag and the demanding academic standards they place on you in order for you to be in debt forever and say incredibly stupid things. When it comes to the Israel-Hamas war in the Middle East and the Ivy League universities, we are truly living in dumb times. These woke think tanks squelch free speech more than any other college or university. They have conservatives outnumbered 9 to 1 on campus. They live their lives like the biggest bunch of snowflakes. But when it comes to anti-Semitism, they open their mouths and they insert their feet. From Harvard President Claudine Gay to Penn President Liz McGill here in Philadelphia, these two women should be ashamed of their words on Capitol Hill this week. And if they end up getting fired, they have nobody to blame but themselves. Breaking news coming down on Thursday after Kale and Company ended from CNN with a headline reading, quote, University of Pennsylvania Board of Trustees holds emergency meeting after President Liz McGill's disastrous testimony. 
CNN goes on to say the following. The University of Pennsylvania's Board of Trustees held an emergency meeting Thursday as school president Liz McGill faces scathing criticism over her performance at a House hearing earlier this week. A university spokesperson told CNN the Board of Trustees gathered virtually. Although it wasn't a formal board meeting, it was organized at approximately 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. That came just hours after Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro condemned McGill's testimony as, quote, shameful and urged the Board of Trustees to meet and decide whether that testimony lives up to the school's values. The hastily arranged meeting, which concluded by midday Thursday, comes as McGill faces intense pressure following Tuesday's hearing in the House. McGill and the presidents of Harvard and MIT struggled to answer questions on Tuesday about whether calling for the genocide of Jews violates their respective school's code of conduct and bullying and harassment. It is unclear whether the board gathering Thursday is related to McGill's future at the school, but that topic is sure to be on the minds of board members. Barry Weiss, who many of you recall from the Twitter files, alongside Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, is one of the last great journalists in America that isn't bought and paid for. And shared a video from the free press on Twitter yesterday. Weiss points out that at Harvard, fat phobia constitutes violence, but globalize the intifada, that requires context. Think about that for hypocrisy for a moment. Listen and watch this piece put together by the free press. Safety first. That's the approach taken by university administrators these days. On campuses across the country, safety first has been the rationale for silencing speech and firing professors. This practice has birthed a whole new moral framework, one that treats microaggressions as acts of violence. In your job, create a place of comfort and home for the students. But when it comes to threats and calls for genocide against the Jews, It's a different story. Not safety first, but anything goes. Just look at the facts. Last year, Harvard told students in a mandatory training session that using the wrong pronouns for a person constitutes abuse. Sizism and fat phobia, according to the session, are also attitudes that contribute to an environment that perpetuates violence. But when Harvard's president was asked by members of Congress this week, in a hearing on campus anti-Semitism, if calling for the genocide of Jews constitutes bullying and harassment, here's what she said. It can be, depending on the context. In 2018, the University of Pennsylvania barred law professor Amy Wax from teaching freshmen after she said black students rarely finish in the top half of their graduating class. Penn has since been trying to sanction Wax for statements the law school says violate its anti-discrimination policies. But when Penn's president was asked if calls for genocide violate college rules, here's how she answered. If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment, yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision. (laughs) That was Maya Sulkin who narrated that clip. So let's think about this for a moment. Using the wrong pronouns constitutes abuse, yet calls for genocide do not. But but context-dependent, they cry. The smart people are actually stupid. I'm just wanting somebody to make it make sense for me. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is a Harvard alum. He was asked on the Hugh Hewitt Show if he would be in favor of cutting off funds to universities like Harvard, Penn, and MIT that have not taken action against anti-Semitic hate speech crimes on campus. Here was the governor's answer. 100%. Yeah, it's interesting. I, when I commissioned in the Navy, uh, they were doing battle over, over the amendment with the recruiting because Harvard had, um, had, had barred the recruiters they were in litigation over it in Harvard, in the, in the school that actually won a victory. They eventually got overturned nine to nothing. So I kind of lived through all of that with that. But yes, it's totally appropriate to do that. Uh, and, and if you're not doing that, then you're essentially subsidizing uh, this kind of this kind of behavior. And it's bad enough some of the stuff that you see with uh, with these university presidents. But then you talk, and I know, look, I've got a lot of friends down in Florida who have kids that are in college uh, in different parts of the country. And, and, and these students are scared to even walk on campus now. Some of them are being chased around. Uh, this is totally unacceptable in the United States of America. Elise Stefanik, Republican from New York, who grilled these presidents on Wednesday on Capitol Hill, tweeted the following on Thursday, quote, There is no walking back of the shameful testimony by Harvard, Penn, and MIT presidents this week. Liz McGill must be fired immediately. Finally, we get to the moment of the big take where your head will start to hurt. Sonny Hostin, resident dum-dum on The View, actually thinks college campuses is where these types of things should occur. Listen and watch this doozy. Can I just weigh in here? Because, um, you know, I think this, this, what uh, Elise Stefanik, the congresswoman, Mm -hmm. was talking about and what this entire hearing was about should have been about free speech. And free speech, and although many people may feel uncomfortable with it, mm-hmm. the most hateful and heinous speech is the most protected speech. Okay? Campuses have not and been so, good for free speech so, in years. Well, so, but, but they have been. They and what Harvard actually speaker, has one of the worst but, records but what on you free have, speech. What you heard was them saying what is completely accurate under the law. It depends on the context. So if someone does yell at a crowd, racial slurs or calls for genocide in a public place in a crowd that is protected speech one-on-one confrontation if a white student for example says to a black student a racial slur then it's that, this is, that is about me, the codes just, of can conduct. i just finish yeah, this it's not talking moment, about the law but, but, but the codes of conduct must adhere to the law. So it when it's when it's one, when it's students. no, it, re- it really can't go against the Constitution of the United States. So when we're talking about this one-on-one type of thing, yes, that is when that conduct leads to harassment and could be actionable by the university. And that's exactly what Harvard. But as it said, do you have to commit genocide to be able to condemn genocidal language? Like that's a that's a dangerous no, slippery slope. No, yeah, but but again, use of that type of example is really inflammatory and it distorts but that's actual what, words distorts being used what, on college campuses it distorts what the law is the law protects that kind of language so and in my opinion in my opinion mm-hmm. college is the perfect place to have these sorts of uncomfortable conversations even the Jewish AC, students even don't the feel AC, comfortable even on the ACLU campuses. So colleges, according to Sonny Hostin, are the perfect place to have these uncomfortable conversations. Really? Seriously, she actually said that on live television. Chance for genocide. Those are not uncomfortable conversations.
that goes to a far, far higher level, Sonny. This coming from the one who would probably never tolerate a Riley Gaines on campus or the Proud Boys or anything that she disagrees with from a political, social, or ideological standpoint. So the reality is this with the Ivy League is you can pay a ton for education. You can dazzle with your SATs. You can get that piece of paper that says you graduated from Harvard and you'll be in debt until you're 54. But the Ivy League this week just shot themselves right in the foot and confirmed what many of us have always assumed. You're just not that bright. And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, big take this morning. If you would like to jump in and react to the biggest story throughout the nation, right here locally in Philadelphia this week, you can do so. 855-839-1210, the phone number. Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT. Or, of course, be a part of the Kalen Company comment community on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. And hit the like and subscribe buttons today. We'll come back get thoughts and reaction to that. Also, the latest ratings in for the fourth GOP primary debate as we continue Friday morning. It's Kale and Company. But first, let me tell you about my friends at the Piazza Auto Group. You know, there's many reasons why I love working with the Piazza Auto Group. A great bunch of people. They treat you like family. And one of the things that I love the most is the extensive inventory that they provide. And even though that I'm squared away with my Honda Ridgeline truck and my lease, they always want to educate me about their new products and their new features. So right before Halloween, stopped out to the Piazza Hyundai of Westchester on Route 202 because they know as much as I love trucks, I've always been an SUV guy. And I was introduced to the 2024 Hyundai Ioniq 5. It is a powerful fully electric vehicle with 320 horsepower the motor trend suv of the year also comes with a 300 mile range with the battery it's going to go from 10 percent battery to 80 percent on a charge in just about 12 minutes and you can take advantage of a complimentary home charger and up to a $600 installation credit. That's right, $600 installation credit with a purchase or lease at Piazza Hyundai of Westchester and Pottstown, or just shop online right now during the commercial break, piazzaautogroup.com. It's Kale & Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Everybody's making love, no one really cares. Everybody's talking, nobody's saying a word. Sounds like the view. Welcome back in, Kale and Company, as we continue live on a Friday morning. Going to play some uh, John Lennon for the uh, for the bumper music today. Or this, this today, 43 years ago today. Oh, that he passed. That he was killed, yeah. Oh, boy. 43? Yeah. <sighs> 1980, yeah. 1980. Yeah. All right. I just have to... It's the year I was born. So I was just <laughs> like, how old am I? And wasn't he about your age when he was gone down? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in his like early forties. Yeah, he was. Yeah. All right, Nick, Don, and Greg, Kale and Company. Good to have everybody in on this Friday here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. We will get to uh, the results of the ratings uh, coming out for the fourth GOP debate. That's coming up six forty five, and also what the schedule looks like. Debate-wise, moving forward, as there should be, uh, according to my math, two more that are coming up that CNN will be hosting. Why? I have no idea, uh, <laughs> but they will still attempt to pull that off. So it's always interesting to take inventory of 
you know, a school or a administration, a business, a football team, whatever it is, and kind of look at the entire framework of what's working, what's not working, what's permitted, what's not permissible. So if you look at these Ivy League institutions, uh, they really, really try to squash free speech. But that being said, liberal and progressive viewpoints are certainly welcomed and encouraged. Conservative viewpoints are shunned. You can not say anything that could be deemed fatphobic or that could be deemed ageist or sexist. In fact, if you use the improper pronouns of people on these Ivy League campuses, that's considered abuse, yet chance for intifada and genocide from the river to the sea and all that other hoopla that's, uh, that's well, you, you, we got to look at the context. It's a nuanced conversation, Dawn. It's not just as simple as, uh, oh, we can't allow that. Because basically what they're saying is, well, you got to be smart enough to really go through with a fine-tooth comb and understand what they're talking about and the context of the larger conversation for all of you deplorables out there. So I just find it really remarkable that what, is allowed on campus, should not be allowed anywhere, and yet some of the other stuff that is very minuscule on the scale of offensiveness, they jump all over that from, like, the Liz McGill's, the Claudine Gay's of the world. Uh, and I was also reading something as well that Claudine Gay was, uh, Claudine Gay was a diversity, equity, and inclusion hire. So there's all you need to know about her and her beliefs and what she's about. So uh, I think, you know, the city of Philadelphia, you mentioned, nationwide story. This is a national story. Um, and right here at one of our prestigious institutions, here we are with box trucks going around the campus saying, fire Liz. I would actually be surprised if we get to the middle of next week and she's still in the same position that she holds. I'm not saying that she will be fired, but I think they're going to try to find a way to passive-aggressively um, shift her into another role. Is my guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're you're probably right that it's some kind of a, a negotiation. She makes four hundred grand a year. <laughs> She's not going to resign because there are all these perks with the job, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, she's going to negotiate something, and like you said, maybe not be president, but keep some kind of a job. But I think I loved your big take and I, I, the way that you weaved it together, Nick. And as far, I mean, it's shocking. It's actually shocking. To hear the women of The View, was it Sunny Hostin? Mm-hmm. Say, what she said, if you said that about any other group of individuals in the so-called black and brown community, you you pointed out that the pronouns, if they get the pronouns wrong. Yep. But this level of anti-Semitism, on, and here we are talking about this first day of Hanukkah. Yep. It it's, makes me nauseous. And it's they're not even consistent. No. What, and that's what you're pointing out, that they're not ever consistent except one area, and that's politics. Right. It would be one thing if, because I'm all for free speech, honestly. Yep. But it would be it would be one thing if they were consistent throughout the board. Mm-hmm. And if they said, well, you know what, we're going to let this person speak because we let these people speak and these people speak and these people. Let it all out there. Right. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact is, is that they just pick and choose, and we know right. that these colleges aren't these beacons of free speech because mm-hmm. they're 100% not. By the way, if you're watching right now in the YouTube yes. video, you can see the box trucks with the Liz McGill refuses to protect Jewish students, mm-hmm. fire Liz. Um, very, very well done. I'd like to know who 
did that, who yeah. paid for that. Yeah, if we could actually rotate through, I think Phil was showing a few different ones. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, the fire Liz on the back, and you see, um, okay, so now it says Liz McGill refuses to protect Jewish students, and the website is penhatesjews.net. Yeah, I mean, you've website. got the, uh, yeah, go to that website, and that's really well done. Um, it's from another media company. And then there is the other one where there's a split screen where you see Stefanik on one side where she's asking the question of, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's codes? And then you have Liz McGill on the right, and it says in her words, it is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It, it's accuracy in media is the group that okay. is putting it out there. There you go. And my other question is, were they told by the lawyers because they work for the board ultimately and so were they told by the lawyers stick to the script mm-hmm. you well, know isn't I mean? that where your conscience has to kick in or your eighth grade education and say you know what no i don't i don't i don't really actually agree with this i mean or i'm not going to go up there and say that did she ever think that maybe like as you know you know the old adage of think before you act and uh think before you hit send or think before you hit post on social media did she kind of run it through her own editorial mind and say you know what maybe this prepared statement's not going to go over well with the masses like i would think that has to kick in right i mean a community college kid could arrive at that conclusion much less one of these ivy league brainiacs but i i actually think that they live in such a bubble they do and so that they're not so that they believe and how often if you know we've had people call in about curriculum who are you people right to choose curriculum mm-hmm. i i think there's such an arrogance there is that ivory tower right there, yes there really is and it's very frustrating and you know they are you know, front and center with the protection of the marginalized communities, whether it's African-American, Hispanic, Asian, gay, lesbian, queer, transgendered, this, that, the other thing. So basically what they have said is that every marginalized community uh, is basically off limits when it comes to free speech. But like, if you think about the Jewish community, I mean, talk about being marginalized. Yeah. I mean, Hitler killed six million Jews. Like, it doesn't get more marginalized than that. And we talk about all of these other groups in this country and anti this and phobias of that. The, you look at a lot of the metrics from these like uh, organizations, these not for profits that track hate speech or they track, um, you know, uh, hate crimes. The Jewish community has been f- under far more attack than any other marginalized community in this country. And it, it doesn't get the media attention until what? Post-October 7th? Because we live in this world with everybody's lives and black lives matter and this lives matter. Well, what about the Jewish lives? Uh, you talk about they have been under attack for, for hundreds of years. And it's just like uh, it's shoved to the back burner, so to speak, when it comes to media attention. Nick, you played that, and Greg played it on the cut sheet. I think mo- at least twice of those students in the in not on this campus in Philadelphia, but another Ivy League school where the the Jewish students were in the library, but they were huge plate glass thick windows, mm-hmm. and outside you had these pro Hamas, pro Palestinian groups, and they're banging on the windows. So. <laughs> Some that's what you know. I know, Greg. Like you said, I'm for free speech. We all are. We're for free speech. But when you've got like a a mob of angry yeah, people, that's, yeah, that's a right. Yeah, yeah that's and that's what they're that's all taught. One hundred percent. And and that's where we want to parse this out. That's what these. 
But that the view talking about, I'm so glad you played them. Here are women on national television making millions of dollars, driven, you know, they, the driver shows up at their house, mm-hmm. and the driver, you know, they get in the car, and they're driven in, and hair and makeup for probably, probably seven hours. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying these things that, you know, that are so ignorant and and racist well and you and heard sunny sunny was facing a lot of pushback from two of um yeah uh, the Good. one the one girl on the far right that used to be with trump um Alyssa farrah griffin Alyssa farrah griffin and then the other girl that sits between Whoopi and joy sarah haynes sarah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Greg, greg's got the greg's got the starting lineup right in front of him I, mean, uh, <laughs> I can't remember half of their names sometimes but like i mean they were all looking at sunny hostage like are you, are you serious here yeah. i mean ch- calls for genocide and, and sunny hostage apparently has a law degree from Notre Dame, so she's trying to look at it from like you know the First Amendment is as if she's some constitutional scholar. I'm sorry, it's just when you when you're the calls for genocide and wiping let, out somebody else. Let me just say that though 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 egregious, what she said is not 100 percent wrong. The, the problem is the problem is is that it's not equally enforced. Uh, enforced, yeah, and that is that is the biggest issue yeah. with this is that it's not equally enforced. Is that if if you want quote-unquote, the Proud Boys, or whoever you deem mm-hmm. to be uh, offensive on the other side. Riley Gaines. If, if yeah. they wanted to speak, well, Riley, that's just ridiculous. It is. Yeah. But, like, if 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 you deem somebody else from the other side offensive, she would be arguing the other side. Mm-hmm. She, she'd be like, well, this is, this is, and it's threatening, and it's hate speech, and it's, uh, right. you know, um, uh, black students and... Uh, yeah. Gay students feel uh, threatened, and, right. and you know transgender this, and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's it's not equally enforced. And right. That's that's my biggest problem with yep. that dope. Yeah, the hypocrisy of all of it for sure. Two things. One is we've talked about TikTok, and one of the claims here is, and, and I've heard more people say this this week. If you think about the younger generation looking at TikTok, as far as October seventh, they have the propaganda on TikTok is is anti-Jewish, anti-Israeli, and pro-Hamas. Mm-hmm. And so that's a real problem. This is propaganda. Yep. And we all have to just call that out like it is, number yep. one. Number two, remember I told you earlier, what was that Tuesday night? I was at the school because, you know, junior year, they're having your kids from the high school. They want to talk to you about applying for colleges. And they showed this graphic, and they were talking about, so you're thinking about applying early because all of all of the the top universities especially, they want international students. Yep. So they put 19, like 1950-something through now. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, said, wow, you know, you look at the, in the past decade, let's say, yep, or maybe the last 18 years, it has jumped well over a million, something like 1.2 million international students. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know, because I don't think they're, all of the college campuses or, 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 you know, across America. I would love to know the percentages of yeah. these so-called international students. Mm-hmm. How many of them are, you know, these the pro-Palestine or pro-Hamas right. or these anti-Jewish groups? Mm-hmm. Because it just feels like, where, where did this come from? Right. And there's this real push on college campuses right now mm-hmm. that we've brought these individuals on on campus through these visas they're here and then you know they take a year they take a bonus year whatever they call it they take a year off so they're here you know first it's supposed to be four years then it's six years 
And they're the ones organizing this stuff reportedly on yep. all these campuses. Phil just posted. Phil, if you could post that again on YouTube, there's a graphic, uh, and you will see the disparity uh, between anti-Semitism. There it is right there. Relationship between platform usage and anti-Semitic, anti-Israel views. TikTok far outweighs both Instagram and Twitter with the uh, level of anti-Semitism yeah. content. So this whole yeah. thing of Elon Musk and X and all these corporate advertisers bailing, well, if you look at that graphic and you can see the source at the bottom, uh, it's legitimate. Are they going to bail on TikTok? Again, where's Media Matters with this graphic? Thank right. you. Right. P- boom. Thank you. Well yep. said. Yep. But also... I, you know, I believe in, in parenting. Parents on the are on the first front. Every parent needs to say TikTok is racist. TikTok is uh, hate has a home in TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's TikTok is anti-Semitic. Boom. Yep. Get it? Every parent needs to say, "I own your phone. I pay for that phone." Off. Yep. Off with TikTok. It should be parents first doing this. Yep, and that source right there is courtesy of uh, Generation Lab. All right, 855-839-1210, the phone number. We'll come back, uh, put a bow on this conversation. The Republican-led House Committee on Education and the Workforce officially launching an investigation into these universities over absolutely unacceptable response to rampant anti-Semitism. We'll wrap with that on the other side. I also have the uh, fourth Republican primary debate ratings. The nosedive continues. How low it'll go, we full, we'll, we'll find out because there's two more coming up on CNN in a matter of weeks. Kale and Company, back after this on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers Stay Hot on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. The uh, the money line for the Eagles keeps uh, keeps keeps ticking up right now. It's uh, it's plus one sixty two uh, for the game against Dallas uh, Sunday night Sunday night at eight twenty the Sunday night football game. Plunk five dollars down on the Eagles money line and you can win one hundred fifty bucks if the Eagles win. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props, over under, so much more. All you have to do. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Do it right now. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHT and the NFL. 21 and over. President PA. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue does not withdrawable bonus bets. That expires seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company, hanging out. Here comes Yoko, ruining this song. (laughs) (laughs) Well, someone say, oh, here comes Kale ruining this song. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Somebody somebody said that you don't let the music play out as long as... Really right. does. I'll, uh, I'll let each song go for about a minute and 27 seconds, and then I'll have about four minutes of content. <laughs> if I wanted to play music, I'd be down the hall. <laughs> yeah, I saw that comment. There's always somebody that's got something to say. Of you never, course. You never appease everybody. That's why right? I love, like, honestly, you know, the haters, yeah. the trolls, yeah. the people. I, that's why I love, I love comments about the show from listeners. Yeah, we, and we read them. I read everything. Yeah. Whether you tell me I suck. 
<laughs> Somebody wrote, Kathy, I think, wrote that Greg Stocker's a dope. I love it. I, I, I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> Dope's an underutilized it um, is. Uh, it is. <laughs> term. It is. Well, she only meant, she, she, because now I'm Kathy explaining. Uh, she only meant it when it comes to you talking about the kind of father that Trump is. Oh, uh, that, that was the context. Right? That Wasn't that within the context? Well, Dawn, it's context it's, dependent. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Yeah, in, some of the best insults of all time was mm-hmm. when Eskin used to roll them out down the hall on WIP, calling people dopes and nitwits. <laughs> nitwits a good one as well. It is. Um, by the way, I love anytime you want to disrespect somebody, you call them chief. Like, hey, chief. You drop a chief on them like in a, in a customer service setting. Yo, chief, can I get some help over here? And I always love that one. Uh, so if you're wondering what you know, House Republicans are doing about this anti-Semitism, well, the Republican-led House Committee on Education and the Workforce did announce a formal investigation yesterday into Harvard, the University of Pennsylvania, and MIT after what they said was the uh, rampant anti-Semitism to a absolutely unacceptable level. Committee Chair Virginia Fox, Republican from North Carolina, declaring that the testimony we received earlier this week from Presidents Gay, McGill, and Cornbluff about about the responses of Harvard, UPenn, and MIT to the rampant anti-Semitism displayed on their campuses by students and faculty was absolutely unacceptable. Committee members have deep concerns with their leadership and their failure to take steps to provide Jewish students the safe learning environment they are due under the law. Given those institutional and personal failures, the committee is opening a formal investigation into the learning environments at Harvard, UPenn, and MIT, and their policies and disciplinary procedures. This investigation will include substantial document requests, and the committee will not hesitate to utilize compulsory measures, including subpoenas, if a full response is not immediately forthcoming. So uh, that is where we stand, and uh, obviously we will update you if uh, McGill or anybody else um, are removed from their positions. So fourth Republican primary debate results are in with the ratings, and it continues to get worse, folks. Uh, As you know, or maybe you don't know, the first Republican primary debate, which was on Fox at the end of the summer, garnered 12.8 million viewers. The second one which was on Fox News, Fox Business, and Univision, was watched by 9.5 million people. So they lost about 3.3 million. The third one, which was on NBC, Peacock, and NBC-owned digital platforms, lost 2 million more as they fell to 7.5 million. And just a few days ago, we had the fourth one on News Nation and The CW. And it came in with 4.1 million viewers. So we have gone from 12.8 to 9.5 to 7.5 to 4.1. How low can it go? Nobody knows. I'm not I'm not defending it because I really don't think anybody watched it, and that's obviously true. Yeah. But you have to actually have the CW and News Nation to have watched it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So, Well, the CW you should have. <clears throat> because yeah, but it's not. It's not even a, if you had rabbit ears, the old rabbit yeah, ears, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> but it's, it's a, a local station. But it's not a station that that most people go to, right? Yeah, it's True. not like it's, it's not like TBS or TNT or some of the more you have to consume channels. You have to physically want to go there. But right. I think by law, right? By law, they had to show it in this market. Okay, on the CW because that's one that you don't have to pay. F- but there are all these laws, and it's the FCC and the licensing, so that's why they had to have it on a station mm-hmm. that you didn't have to have some kind of a fancy subscription. Yeah. 
So I don't think I get News Nation necessarily, but I get CW okay. on my YouTube TV or whatever. So that's where right. I watched it. I have Dish, and it was channel two thirty nine. So it for, was on there for, for News Nation. If you have YouTube TV, Don, you have News Nation. All right. Well, it shows my level of. <laughs> I'm like Michael David. News na- News well, and this is a combined number too, by the way. So this was 1.6 million on News Nation, 2.5 million on the CW. So about a million more on on the CW. But that's than probably, News Nation. But but Nick, isn't that's probably the biggest ratings News Nation? Oh, by far. Has ever oh, had by, right? by far. None of their shows garner a million viewers a night. No, I mean, let's put this into context, though. It got more viewers than Trump and Trump and Hannity's. It did town hall. It did. So, I mean, you know what I mean. And more, a lot more people watch Fox News than News Nation. I mean, News Nation is having shows that get ninety nine thousand viewers per hour, which is staggering. <laughs> I mean, a lot of radio stations they get ninety nine thousand people listening. So, yeah. so, it just goes to show you that, like News Nation, you know, they started three years ago and they've yet to really make a dent uh, into anything. They claim to be what. The moderate, the centrist network, which yeah, it's very debatable. I mean, Chris Cuomo is trying to reposition and rebrand himself that way. I don't know that it's necessarily going over too well. It just shows. This just shows me that it is. This is big in our world, and the politics and the Trump and yeah. Biden is big right. in our world. But the majority of people are have no clue what's going on, and that's a problem yeah. because then everybody does what Greg Stocker always says. Don't get your news from Twitter. Right. Well, people get then they get their clips from Twitter. They yep. watch a 30-second clip of Vivek or a 25-second clip of Christie coming to the rescue for Nikki, and that's their that's their takeaway of of something they did not really watch. So, yeah. So they so it's all out of context and the same with Trump on Hannity. Mm-hmm. So Trump said some really interesting things during that show, but the the, you know, so-called mainstream media, what do they play? Yeah. They play out of context clips mm-hmm. and make him look like a like a wild crazy man who wants to be a dictator. The only thing they talked about was post that yep. post that uh, town hall was dictator day one. Dictator day one. That's that's what they ran with. Yep. And I, I I've come to the conclusion with these these um, primaries. It's three things: combination of no Donald Trump being there, the four of these individuals that are still left standing with low poll numbers. And we are in desperate need for a, you know, a, a debate reboot. They've got to come up with a different format. I think this format has run its course. You've got people yelling over each other. You've got certain moderators that are more aggressive than others. I don't know what the exact solution is, but I can tell you when, when, when I see a bad product, that's what this, this is a bad product. I will argue with that and say that I think out of all the debate moderators, I think Megyn Kelly and this group did the best. Oh, yeah. I'm not criticizing her. Because I think that it, this one, to me, for a purely – because, look, look, this is all Jerry Springer stuff anyway to me. It, this is all sports entertainment. That's all this is. Mm-hmm. And if you just look at the product as is, I think this was the best debate because they were the most animated and they went after one another. But does it? Now, what, what does it accomplish though? Because it's nothing. Because <laughs> what, what, yeah. is, what is a normal debate co- well accomplish? It, when you have Democrat versus Republican, you have differences in almost every single viewpoint. For the most part, mine is probably Chris Christie. Vivek, Nikki, and DeSantis, largely from a philosophical policy standpoint are pretty much in agreement with how they would kind of run the country. So there's there's very little real estate for you to kind of pluck at when you're doing it, which basically leaves you in the position of, 
I've got to get personal and I've got to go on the attack and call out somebody's uh, uh, significant other or the the money they they made with this company. Like at that point, I, I just feel like if you change the format and get rid of the talking over each other, to me, it's like, what are your solutions? That's what I would really want to hear. And maybe, and I'm, you know, I'm not a big deep dive guy, but I would mm-hmm. like to hear deeper, nuanced conversations from these people with how they really would fix the border or taxes or inflation or or this that or the other thing just beyond the like the normal rhetoric and the talking points well we got to build a wall okay well how you know you can do it mm-hmm. right and also to greg's point i agree in many ways that i thought megan kelly especially was very effective in keeping them in line yeah but they never brought up the abortion issue yeah, that was weird. That, that that did not come up at all. You had three women up there. Yeah. <laughs> right? As the moderators. Very good point. Very good point. Lose- very, very, very good point. Losing Endeavor, that they just pun on it, knowing that it's it's something that other than maybe Nikki, and Nikki's talked well, about let, it relatively well. Let me just say this. I, I don't know about the third woman. I think she was from the Washington Examiner, so she probably has a political bias. But, like, I don't know if Megyn Kelly and... Uh, Elizabeth Vargas, like the, especially Elizabeth Vargas, you think that that would have been the first thing that she would have wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. and I don't see Megyn Kelly objecting to it for from a you know helping the GOP standpoint, right? So why wouldn't they have? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And they really didn't. I mean, other than when Christie brought up Trump, there wasn't a. Remember early on in a lot of these debates, especially the first and the second one, yeah. they kept going back to January sixth and twenty twenty, and we were having the conversation of like, with they why, they just can't yeah. seem to stop bringing that up. They've done a good job with all of these different moderators since of really moving past that stuff. Richard Ryan on the YouTube chat, my thoughts exactly. They don't want to fix the real problems. That's exactly it. They don't care about your answers on fixing problems. They want good entertainment right you know what i mean for look from a from a radio standpoint i get it from a television standpoint i understand mm-hmm. it. i don't look to these debates as like oh i'm really gonna sit down and really know what what side what issues that you know chris christie stands on this and mm-hmm. ronda santa stands on this no i'm just i'm looking for fireworks yeah you know what i mean and that's what yeah. people tune in sometimes to see yep no most doubt. time all right, 855-839-1210. We'll come back. Kick off hour number two. Dawn's got some news on the way. And CNN announcing yesterday they will host two more GOP presidential primary debates in 2024. But what is the threshold in the polls to make it to this fifth debate? The details on the way. Hour two next here on Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.